Hello everyone, I'd like to welcome you to Professional Oklahoma Educators Bite-Size Learning Podcast, where bite-sized changes can have a big impact in the classroom. This is Season 1, Episode 10. I'm Jason Bings, the host of the podcast. This episode is called Five Things Every New Teacher Should Do Before School Starts. We're going to share five tips to help teachers prepare for their first teaching position. But truthfully, many of these ideas apply to new teachers and teachers that have been in the field for a few years. There are a number of things that new teachers face that can seem overwhelming, and let's face it, the first few years can be exceptionally challenging. No matter how great your college of education is, there's no greater teacher than experience. So until you actually get in the classroom, you don't truly know how to implement everything you've been taught. To help you out, We've compiled this list that we believe you should complete before beginning your first day of class. Now this is by no means an exhaustive list, but it's intended to give you some practical steps you can follow and complete before you have to report to work in a few weeks. The title of this episode is geared towards new teachers, but I truly believe that this applies to all educators to some extent. So first on the list is to find a mentor. Your district is probably going to assign one to you, but I suggest you find someone on your own in addition to the one your district is assigning to you. Preferably someone that's been teaching for more than five years and teaches the same grade level and subject area as you. This needs to be someone you feel comfortable asking questions. There are numerous ways to find someone to fill this role. It could be the person you did your student teaching under. It might be one of your former teachers or administrators as well. It could even be someone you follow on social media. If you have questions about how your school or district handles specific issues, you obviously need to go to your district assigned person for that. Most of your other questions that you have, I would direct at both of the mentors, the one you've been assigned and the one you picked on your own. This way you get some varying perspectives on different issues. Now there may be times that you want an opinion from someone that's not closely tied to the situation. So in that case, it would be wise to ask your questions to an outside mentor. Now you've got to remember in that situation that you don't share any personal information about students so that you're not violating any privacy laws. All right, so number two on the list is to determine your parent and family communication plan. You need to know ahead of time how you plan to communicate with parents and families and guardians. If you try to set this up last minute, you're not going to have it complete in time for the beginning of school. So decide now how you plan to communicate with them. Are you going to use a texting service like Remind? Are you going to use printed and digital newsletters, social media, your district's LMS, or some combination of these? Whatever you choose, set it up as soon as you can. This way, when parents come to enrollment or for scheduled pickup or open house, they can instantly sign up for whatever communication platform you're using. Give parents a choice in how they receive the information and always share the same information on every platform when you're communicating with parents and guardians. Now this mainly applies to the weekly information that you're sending out or the announcements that you're sending out for everybody So when it comes to other communication that deals with individual students, you obviously need to use other methods than these broadcast type uh, setups. 
Alright, so number three on the list is create your classroom management plan. You may have started one of these when you were in college, but at the time you probably didn't know where or truthfully what you were going to be teaching. So now that you know, give more detail to your plan. And if you didn't start one in college, get busy get working on one now. Remember, this plan needs to have a good mixture of stability and flexibility. It needs to be stable because you're, you need to be consistent in how you implement the plan. That's where your stability comes in. But it also needs to be flexible just simply because from time to time you have to make changes to it. Uh, when you notice something isn't working the way you intended, you need to make a change. Don't just keep doing the same thing over and over again if it's not working. Make a change and make it right. Make it work. So some items that you need to include in your management plan are copies of your procedures, your seating chart, your classroom map, your school map, your emergency plans, lesson plans, filler activities, subfolders, your teaching philosophy, your rules, and your intervention procedures. All of that needs to be part of your management plan. So get started putting that together or getting as many of those items in there as possible. If you can have most of this done ahead of time, you'll be much better off and much more comfortable as the, as the school year approaches. Number four, determine the approximate layout of your room. Now you may be thinking, I can do this later. But some schools actually require the maintenance or the custodial staff to be involved when you're setting up your classroom and when you're rearranging furniture. So if that's the case, you want to have it ready so that you don't waste their time moving things two or three times. So to do this, you need to know what your room looks like, what furniture you have available to you, and where any permanent or built-in furniture may be. If you're unable to get access to your room, see if your administrator can send you pictures. That way you can sketch out your room on some grid paper. Now, as part of your design, you need to also figure out what you're going to do with your bulletin boards and figure out what your layout is going to be for those. If you know where they are in the room and the size of them, you can have much of your materials ready to attach to the board as soon as you walk in the door. If you have to spend several days cutting out and laminating bulletin board material right before school starts, you're going to be miserable and you're going to feel yourself falling further behind. So see if you can get access to a laminator at school or if you can't, go to a store like Mardell or another office supply store to get them laminated. Then you can spend some time cutting everything out, have it all bundled and ready to put on the board as soon as you get access to your classroom. If you're unable to take care of this ahead of time, sometimes your coworkers are going to have their children up there helping them as school gets ready to get started. When they're up there setting up, their kids may be looking for something to do and they might be glad to help you cut out some of those items. Uh, your new co-worker is going to be grateful that you've taken their kids off their hands for a few minutes so they can get some time to think and process without having to to worry about and watch what their kids are doing the entire time. So you've started establishing some good relationships with your co-workers in this case. Alright, so fifth on the list is to write out your overview or your pacing calendar. Now there's a good chance that your district already has a pacing calendar, already has a curriculum map or some other course overview that can be made available to you in advance. 
So while school is out for the summer, go through those materials and begin putting them in a format that makes sense to you. Chances are you weren't involved in the process of putting all those together, and so it's going to take a little bit for you to understand the exact flow of everything. So if you work through that now and start putting that in a format that makes sense for you and still maintain the continuity of what is intended, you'll be much better off. Some people like to go ahead and convert those district resources into a syllabus of some sort, or they'll mark it up on a planning calendar with each objective. If it's available to you, I would utilize whatever learning management system or LMS that your district has to begin creating units of study and begin collecting resources to use with each lesson. Now these could be digital copies, they could be worksheets that you scanned and made a copy of to store for use later, or anything else that, that you might need to go with some of these assignments. Now when you start your overview and you start digging into your pacing calendar, you don't need to do a highly detailed map of the entire year. But what I would do is just do a general rough draft of the year, and then once you've got that, you can start working backwards and getting more specific as you go. So put in general expectations and objectives, then add more detail for each standard, and then after you identify what you want them to know at the end of each unit or at the end of each quarter, you can then decide how you're going to teach those and how you're going to assess each standard, followed by how you plan to remediate any of those. If you take this approach to planning the entire year in a broad overview and then narrowing your scope with each semester and quarter, you're going to be able to work back to the first few weeks of school and plan in great detail those first few weeks of school. This is going to put you ahead of many of your peers and it's also going to allow you more time to gather any of those relevant resources instead of scrambling the week before or the week of the lesson. And so keep that uh, begin at the end mentality in mind and work your way backwards from there. So if you give yourself a head start on these five things, your beginning of the year should start much smoother. You're going to feel like you're better prepared to start the year and have more confidence going into those first few days of school. You may be thinking to yourself that the school gives you a few days before school starts to do all of this. You're right. They do. They often give you some time to work on it. But realistically, it's not enough time. Even for skilled veterans, if they haven't taken care of some of this over the summer or during the previous school year, they would be struggling to be ready on time. Many veteran teachers start preparing for the next school year as soon as possible and some would be in their classroom in June if the district allowed them to do so. I do want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. Hopefully you found some useful information in it. Please share and comment to let us know how we can help you and others. You may leave your comments in your podcatcher of choice, but to guarantee we receive them in a timely manner, go to bit.ly slash bite-sized pod and complete the form you find there. If you would like to schedule a professional learning session for your school or an online meeting, you can send an email to pd at apoe.org. If you'd like more information about professional Oklahoma educators, check out our website, www.apoe.org. You can find links to this podcast and blog under the Resources tab on the website, 
or by going to poebitesizedlearning.blogspot.com. POE is also on Facebook at apoe.org and on Twitter at prof.okla.edu.